we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 31 this morning. And they say this, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So the verses this week from Corinthians reminded me of those scenes you see on those reality TV programs. And I have two shows in mind. Firstly, it reminds me of that moment in The Apprentice when the teams go into the boardroom convinced that Alan Sugar is going to recognise their brilliance. Well, here we have the church at Corinth, and instead of the boardroom, they have a letter addressed to their team. And imagine if they were on the show, they'd give themselves a team name like Impact or Tenacity, or in this case, probably Team Redemption. But they were achieving great things, but they started to think that their success was down to their own abilities and gifts. And like The Apprentice, thinking that they were all that, they are then brought down to earth by Paul, like Alan Sugar does with a large bump. But Paul doesn't use the lines like Alan Sugar, such as fare. The only fare you're going to get is your train fare home. And you remind me of that final scene from Wizard of Oz. You look very impressive, but in my opinion, behind the curtains, there's nothing there. Paul is not saying these things to ridicule them. He's saying, listen, the world strives for the wrong things and your chance of success are down to how much money you have or how strong you need to become and what important friends you make or how privileged you are. You now think you're all that, but God chose you because you were the underdogs and the no hopers in the eyes of the world. So people can see it's not about you. It's about him. Now, the second TV show is Britain's Gone Talent. When the strange or odd person comes on and you go to the other person in the room, oh, they're going to be rubbish. And you, or you already think that they're going to be bad. And then someone like Susan Boyle comes on and sings like an angel. And after a performance on Britain's Got Talent, program judge Amanda Holden remarked upon the audience initial cynical attitude and said, this is the biggest wake up call ever. And I imagine similar words were said in Corinth when this bunch of what seemed no hopers were astonishing people with the wisdom, strength and power of the Almighty. But maybe Paul wanted this to be a wake up call to us too. Maybe we think we're not qualified, important enough, intelligent enough, brave enough. And we don't fit that picture in our heads of that successful evangelist or worship leader. So if you're feeling like that, be encouraged. You're exactly the person God is looking for. God has amazing things he can do through you. Just don't make the mistake of the people of Corinth and remember where the glory lies. When I first heard this verse for this week, I thought, what is Paul trying to say here? What is he really getting at? And what struck me was that Paul was writing to the early church that was divided. Can you imagine 2000 years ago, the church was divided and it's still divided today. And the reason for the, the division came because of what people were starting to believe in. They were starting to believe in the gospel of Apollo or the gospel of Cyprus or the gospel of Paul. And they weren't looking at who they should follow, Christ. 
that's the example. And picking up from where Jamie said, you had two sides of things happening here. You had self-deprivation, but also boasting. And both are equally as bad as each other. Self-deprivation means that you're not thinking I'm worthy enough or God can't use me, but God could use you wherever you're at. When he called you, he didn't say, I got to fix you up and make you this. He called you as you were. He took you, loved you, cared for you as you were. Yes, you do grow and develop and you become a better person, but God took you where you were. And then at the other end, we could become so big headed. Sometimes we think our position, the money, the job, the status, the education, it just makes it so overwhelming. But we shouldn't be boasting of these things of the world. We shouldn't be looking at our influentials as, ooh, he's a good speaker. It should be Christ. That should be what we should be boasting about. God in us. I just like it when Paul goes, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. If there's anything to boast about, that's what we should be boasting about, God. Now remember, at this time Paul was writing, he was previously a Pharisee. He was well-educated, therefore. He understood the law to the nth degree. Not only that, when he became a Christian, he also suffered, had lashes, was able to speak boldly to Peter. But instead of boasting about all these things, what he boasted about most was his salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where our boasting should be about Jesus, about what he's done for us on the cross, what he did for us by coming to this earth, saving us and giving us that way back to God. When I read these words from Corinthians, I think, well, praise God that he chooses who he likes, regardless of their background. We don't have to be wise or influential or of noble birth, but we may become wise and influential and, of course, of the most noble birth spiritually. Influential is not a goal of our work in the kingdom, but it, it's, it can be an outcome. For example, you know, people like Mother Teresa, she wanted to humbly serve in Calcutta, serve the poor, and, and, and you know, she had a heart for doing that. But in the end, she was very influential, and, and some of the things that she'd said have been written down, and they're very significant things. So through our faith, we can become all those things, but we don't necessarily have to be any of those things for God to choose to use us. You know, it made me think of the story of John Bunyan, who famous for writing a book called A Pilgrim's Progress, which is a kind of a allegory of Christianity. And it's probably one of the most famous books of its kind in history. Yet he started his life, he was quite humble beginnings. He wasn't educated. He worked as a tinker, which was his father's trade. Then he went and joined the army and he went to war. Unfortunately, he was on the wrong side of the political situation at the time. So he ended up in jail for 12 years. During that time, he, I guess, gained his wisdom and his education by reading the Bible. And as a result of that, he was able to write this wonderful book, The Pilgrim's Progress. And we know him for that, but he actually wrote about 60 other books as well. And so you could say he became influential, he became wise through his faith, but he wasn't that when he started. And likewise, with the disciples that Jesus chose, they were ordinary people, yet 
that they have influenced and their writing and so on has influenced the sort of world of faith ever since. So I do find these words very encouraging that God can use who he chooses to use. And I think there's something to rejoice about. It's who Jesus is, not who we are. And Jesus changes everything. And it says in verse 30, it is because of him that you are in Jesus Christ, because of God, you are in Jesus Christ, who has become for us wisdom from God, and that is righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Your wisdom comes from him, your righteousness comes from him, your holiness comes from him, and your redemption comes from him. And finally, most of the time we should not boast, but if we've achieved something noteworthy that has attracted recognition, we should acknowledge Jesus as our source and give him all the glory and praise. There's a couple of words that stuck out to me particularly. The two words were calling and called. The calling it talks about at the very beginning in verse 26. If you see your calling, and it's, it's, it's Paul just reminding us, just consider your invitation. And the word calling is, is used in the context of invitation to a feast, uh, referring to salvation being a bit like a, being invited to a feast. That salvation of Jesus is being an invitation to come and meet with Jesus every day. And the word called as well is being picked out for from many. So being singled out a bit like when you're at school and you were being picked as part of the football team or not in my case, where the team leader or the, the, the captain of the team would then just go and pick one person specifically for a specific role, maybe goalie or striker or whatever. And that's the word that's being used as called in, in, in the couple of verses in this passage. So there's a calling, there's an invitation. And Paul's just reminding us, you know, be, just be mindful of the, the invitation we have in Jesus. And, and God picks out very specific people, and very specific things for specific roles. He's saying that he didn't call the popular. God did not call the popular, the rich or the successful to further his ministry, but rather the poor and the broken and the faithful. And I can only imagine how confused the Pharisees and the religious leaders must have been while they were looking at the team of people that were proclaiming Jesus, particularly at this time. They must have looked at them and thought they were just bunch of reprobates but from an outside perspective we can see that it doesn't matter where people were from what they had done or who they used to be because Jesus can use anyone for the good of his will and if you don't believe me here's just a little list of people that were used for the greatness of his glory it goes a bit like this Abraham was old Elijah was suicidal Joseph was abused Job went bankrupt Moses had a speech problem Gideon was afraid, Samson was a womanizer, Rahab was a prostitute, Samaritan woman was divorced, Noah was a drunk, Jeremiah was young, Jacob was a cheater, David was a murderer, Jonah ran away from God, Naomi was a widow, Peter denied Christ three times, Martha worried about everything, Zacchaeus was small and greedy, the disciples fell asleep while they were praying, and Paul, who's writing this book, was a Pharisee who persecuted Christians before coming, becoming a Christian before meeting Christ. So if you feel like you're not worthy enough, just remember that God used a bunch of flawed people to share hope in a flawed world. And we find in him the renewal and the mending. So no matter what you've been through in life, remember that that same power that conquered the grave lives within you. <laughs>